What's up and welcome to Groundbreaking, a friendly original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining entrepreneurship and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer. Let's get started. I am so excited for today's episode. On the show is Katie Diosti, the founder of Viv for Your V and creator of earth-friendly, sustainable period care products delivered right to your door. They're 95% biodegradable, allergy-free, and today we're talking with Katie about the importance of the product and how she realized she could change period care herself. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Groundbreaking. I say this at the beginning of every single episode, how thrilled I am that you're back with us. Um, Today's guest, I really don't want to wait too long to jump into it because I was just talking with her before we pressed record about how excited I am to hear her story because what's so awesome about this show is on a selfish side of things, like I've gotten to reconnect with people who I haven't talked to in a few years and who have done some really great and incredible work since I met them. Um, but today's the very first day that I met, um, or I guess quote unquote met, we're doing the show virtually and remotely today. Um, so we're going to see, we're going to see how it works. Um, her, the work that she has done is so incredible. And you guys know, I, I don't do a whole lot of research into these people's stories because I want to hear about it from them firsthand. And I want you to hear my genuine reactions and such, but I have done a little bit of research because, um, Katie's story and Katie's work is so far out of my own expertise that um, I'm really excited today and I hope you're excited to hear me probably say something that's wrong and hopefully she feels totally okay correcting me on that. Um, But I'm really, really excited about, I guess I could say like my ignorance about this subject um, because I know, um, I mean, I'm not expecting her to like teach me everything today because that that is not her job whatsoever. But um, I think I'm going to learn some things. And if you know me at all, that's just like what I love to do. And that's really why we started Groundbreaking. Um, All right. So before I welcome Katie into the show, um, I do have to give like a little bit of context that maybe we just have to like set the scene here. She is a BC graduate, which is okay. And I will let her on the show. Um, If you don't know, I plug it like every single episode. I'm almost about to graduate at BU. And anybody who knows, there's like a little bit of like a rivalry there. But we're going to overlook that. I just feel like I have to get that out of the way. Don't worry, I won't talk about it again. Um, But (laughs) I'm really, really excited to learn from her because we do have very, very different experiences. Um, And I just, this episode specifically has been one that I'm really, really excited for. So, okay, let's start off with this. So I'll hype Katie up here. Katie Diosti. She founded Viv for Your Beat, which is essentially sustainable period care. And I mean, truthfully, when... A friend of mine reached out to me and said, Katie would be perfect for your show. Um, You have to bring her on. I was like, great. I totally trusted this friend. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, like she looks, she is so official and it kind of like intimidated me a little bit. And I was like, there's no way that like she's going to make the time for this show. But she did. And I know she's super excited to share her story here. Um, And again, I think I have a lot to like learn about the world um, of period care and what that means because I mean obviously like I don't really have much introduction into that but I know it is such a um, just such an important like product and I guess I never really thought about the sustainability of it at all um, which is obviously something Katie did Um, so Katie I hope that was a good enough hype um, for you up thank you so much for joining the show today Thank you so much. That was an amazing hype up. Um, you described things perfectly. Good. And good. I'm really excited to talk to you about my story. And you said it really well and how people haven't really thought about sustainability. It's not just you, it's most of the world. So. Yeah. Well, I, and, I, and I know what's so great about your brand is, is it comes at a time when sustainability is like such a focus. Um, and I don't know if that was just a coincidence or that was just part of your motivation. Um, but I think it's, it's so powerful. And what's so great is you are probably getting a lot of attention because at least based on like my foundational research is there's not much of a competition in the sustainable, like, um, sort of period care market just because I guess maybe was it just never considered? Yeah, it's, it's been a taboo topic for so long that I think that hindered the ability for like, the industry itself to grow and evolve and actually innovate. Um, and since there's such a like lack of transparency is 
when people go and traditionally would buy period care products, you're like quickly going through the aisle, scoping it out to see if there's anyone there that you don't want to see while you're purchasing the products and like quickly put it in your cart and walk away. And now we're kind of rethinking that as we're becoming more open about talking about periods. We're also being more open about talking about what's in our products. Um, and then that opened up so many more ideas for me when I just researched even how much plastic waste is in period care. Yeah. Okay. So I have a million follow-up questions already and hopefully like <laughs> we'll get to like the starting point. We'll actually start to get like an order here to the show, but um, I want to dive in here first. Like it, this is probably something I don't understand, but like, why are people nervous to shop for period care and like those sort of products? Like we know ev everybody, like like all women and some men now, like are looking for those sort of products. So like why why is like there's so much of the population that needs that. So why is it still like a quote unquote taboo thing? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a great question because it really shouldn't be, and it takes more voices from our generation to help make that change. And we were taught growing up, um, whether it be our help ed classes or from family members or teachers that we should be hiding these products up our sleeve whenever we go to the bathroom and actually concealing them and pretending that these things don't happen and don't exist when it happens to over half the population, um, which is pretty absurd to me. Um, so that's why I'm like, a big part of our brand messaging is education and like breaking down stigmas. And mm -hmm. I think some period brands are starting to catch on that that's the way it should be. Um, and I'm loving seeing Gen Zers like be really open about period talk and like really engage in the conversation. It's really refreshing. Yeah. Do you think, um, I, again, I have so many follow-up questions, but just a follow-up question to that. Do you feel like part of that comes from and just stems from like, Gen Z's own like sort of experience like being told that like that is something that you conceal and being like why and maybe like okay like I don't want my kids to feel that way like why should they ever feel like shameful about something like natural and out of their control like I just I don't know that doesn't make sense and I don't know if there's a question there but <laughs> <laughs> no that's ex that's exactly right I think we do a good job as a generation just like challenging what the status quo was and We've started to do that with some taboo topics. And then as we start with one small topic, we expose so many more that are under the exact same taboos. Um, and so I think by starting out small, like with something like periods, we're actually breaking down a lot more um, stigmas. That's, I completely, I completely agree. So at like, at what point did you realize that what was in like traditional period products and like if you walked like the aisles at like Target or Walmart or basically anywhere, basically any grocery store, right. at what point did you realize like what was, or did you ask yourself like what is actually in these products that we're buying? Yeah, so I took a very research heavy approach to start, I like to say, and I was in college in my senior year and I was about to take an entrepreneurship class um, it's called like entrepreneurial marketing and I was marketing concentration. I didn't really even know what entrepreneurship really was, um, to be honest. And it was just like first day, start thinking of problems in the world and ones you want to solve. Um, and I was really fascinated with like these new sustainable brands and if they were truly sustainable and like what that even mean meant to be a sustainable brand and um, more of like the impact side of marketing. And I was diving deep into like women's health products in general as a category and the kind of lack of like innovation and like cool new things in the space um there's definitely a lot of like cute packaging and branding approaching this space but nothing that i thought was like truly innovative especially when it came to like being sustainable and i was personally going through my own like sustainable journey trying to reduce plastic waste in my own home and life um every day which is definitely not the easiest thing to do as a college no. student. No. <laughs> so that was fascinating. And I was honestly just Googling these products and their ingredients, which was very hard to find, uh, to hold their issue in itself. And eventually um, breaking down the science of what's in the products with a science professor at BC, I discovered how much plastic is wasted involved, how many toxins are actually involved in these products that are in like a very absorbent part of your body. Um, mm is something that shocked me. And I saw that there were some people trying to mark themselves as sustainable while I didn't think they truly were. Um, so I really built out the idea on paper 
and it was like doing the whole class and it was just something that I thought of as a concept and I got to the end of the semester and my final was like this pitch and I had like never given a pitch in my life. I had no idea like how to pitch, um, but I just watched a ton of YouTube videos on how to give a good pitch and at the end of it, I was like technically done with this class, but I had built a business on paper um, and I was really, really excited about it and was taking notes of like all the feedback I got, even though like my final was over, I should have been on winter break and been chilling. <laughs> um, so then I realized like how much I wanted to be doing this past that class. Yeah, that's, I mean, YouTube, that's the way to go. Like if, if you don't know how, you literally just YouTube it. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. And what I specifically like about that story you just told was the fact that, I mean, I'm going through this right now, what I'm like deeming my quarter life crisis, which is totally irrelevant to our story today, but like how you sort of shifted a mindset and what you felt like your, like, I don't know, your mission or your role was like that late in your college career, I think is so cool to point out because there's probably a lot of people listening to the show who are feeling like, okay, maybe, maybe they're approaching like the end of high school and are just starting college or they're approaching the end of college and they're like, oh gosh, like these major major decisions are about to happen. Did you feel like at that point, like you had this sort of thing to run with? Did you feel like that was like, this is my thing forever? Or did you feel like this was just something I have to pick up for now? Or like, what was your thinking in that process then? Yeah. Um, well, I definitely didn't think I'd go full time with it at any point at this stage. It was still more just like, here's a fun extracurricular I'm adding to my plate. Um, <laughs> which is something I did a lot in college. <laughs> it's like way too involved um, on campus, which was fine. But in my head going into my senior year, I, I was in an undergrad business school at BCA. I know, go Eagles. Um, <laughs> but okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was went to the college with the mindset of like, okay, by senior fall, I will have a job lined up for when I graduate. And I was watching all like, the finance pros per se in the business school, like have job offers before we even entered our senior year. And I was a marketing concentration. So usually that recruiting happened later, but I was still just so adamant about getting a job that I signed a job offer the November of my senior year before I was even done with this like class project where I could even fully build out the business on paper. So I had that kind of like as a safety blanket in my mind for so long. Um, and continued on throughout my senior year. And I actually did an accelerator through like BC Center for Entrepreneurship and was like starting to actually build things and talk to people and do more research. And it was no longer just something on paper. It was something that like could be a real thing. Um, and was doing that as a second semester senior. So for those current college students, like it's never too late in your college career to do anything. I still like utilize my like universities networks other universities networks i'm sure i've talked to plenty of people from bu you're all amazing <laughs> i will say but, like the only bc person that says that um, <laughs> it's okay it's okay <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> but yeah and then i when i graduated i still had this job offer lined up but i was about to go into another accelerator that they got into and i just picked the latest start date possible and I was like, all right, well, um, the latest option is October. I'm doing an accelerator that ends at the end of August. So like, we'll just see where we're at um, was kind of my mindset. And it took me a, a while as I was building it. And um, that summer was really impactful because I was actually started doing things, I like to say. And I actually found a manufacturer and like started building a brand and like an online community of people and we started this Facebook group called like, let's talk about periods and people could just gather and talk about menstrual health or just like share fun links and things like that, um, which really did help us early on. Um, and then I still had this job offer like looming in the distance. And so I finished the accelerator, was like preparing to launch our pre-orders for our company in like October of 2019. And I just called up Wayfair and was like, hey, like, working on this new project to help revolutionize period care, like, mind if I delay my startup? <laughs> and they were like, hmm, like, we'll let you know. Um, and they let me push my start date back to 
uh, January of 2020. And I was like, great, bought some time, going to try to grow this as fast as possible uh, was my mindset. And I, I do think we grew pretty fast in the beginning of like just getting things launched and done. Um, and then finally launched our pre-order in October 2018. And the first like few weeks we sold over 700 boxes. And so I was feeling like pretty yeah confident. I was like, all right, this That's is cool. cool. Like, <laughs> so I want to keep doing this, uh, which was very, very insightful. And I felt much better about maybe like not going to my full-time job. Um, so finally like December rolls around and I call up my full-time job offer person. And I was like, so, so nervous for this phone call. Yeah. I was talking to a ton of mentors and I was like, how do I approach this? Like I'm breaking a legal contract, like freaking out. Um, and I get on the phone with them and the conversation was like less than 30 seconds. So that kind of just confirmed in my mind that I had made the right decision. And I would have probably just been a number among many uh, at this yeah. like very large corporation. Huh. I, wow. That's so much maturity and just confidence in your, in your capability and where the brain was going at that point. That's so, God, okay. So admirable, but um, okay. Wow. Okay. So much to unpack. So <laughs> what I, I think, I think the main like question in my mind right now is how did you, or like, how did you decide what was going to make up like the product then? Because yeah. I think it's easier to say, okay, we want to be more sustainable, but like, what is the sustainable part of the product? Yeah. So this was something that I'm really thankful I was in school for because there's so many resources just at your fingertips in college. I, I miss it sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but I would go to the science department and I would have my own research. And I found that like one menstrual pad is equivalent to about four plastic bags. I was like, okay, well thinking of that, most menstruators use 11,000 pads in their last lifetime. And there's literally no other great option out there. Then there's clearly room to change this. Um, so I just went to the science department, I went to a professor that taught a class called Sustaining the Biosphere, and we just started talking about fibers. Um, and this woman's so intelligent, but also incredibly quirky, and I loved it. And we were just like going on and on about fibers, and um, she mentioned a few fibers to me, but she told me like just dive deep into like rethinking cotton, which is typically what this product is made out of. Because cotton's actually like a very intensive, um, harsh crop on the earth. It takes a lot of water, a lot of land. It takes tons of fertilizers. And that's where like lots of the toxins do come from um, in the product itself. And so I started just researching fibers on the internet. I was not a science person, studied marketing. Like here I am like Googling fiber and I found bamboo fiber. And luckily found an option where we could like wholesale and buy these bamboo fiber pads and liners. And it was this one like tiny manufacturer really innovating in the space. And I was so excited once I found them and like started contacting them, calling them all the time, probably annoying them like crazy. Um, Cause this, these kinds of products, they're kind of hard to get to market cause they have such high product runs. Cause when I first contacted them, they're like, Great. Um, we have a minimum order quantity of 300,000 units. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that's going to fit in my apartment. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going to have to rethink this. And just by getting creative and talking to them constantly and like expressing to them like my ideas, they're willing to just negotiate down to a much, much tinier, tinier product delivery, um, which I'm very thankful for. That's really the only way we would have been able to start with this product. Um, so that's how the product itself came about. Wow. Okay. So again, your your persistence is like, is crazy. I mean, I feel like at that point, I would just be like, oh, like I have to figure out or have to think of somebody else or a different mm -hmm. manufacturer. But I love that you were so passionate about, no, this is like, this is it. And I'm wondering, has, is the, like, is the bamboo material, like how like different from that, from like cotton is that or? What was there any sort of like question anybody asked that like okay but is it actually going to be effective like it might be more sustainable mm -hmm. but like is it going to like do like what the other um, sort of brands in the market will do right yeah that's something we get asked all the time and 
it's interesting because it does need to be quite a bit of like education around our product mm -hmm. um more of for us an opportunity and like a hurdle we like to think but um the what's so cool about bamboo is that it's actually more absorbent than cotton it's like naturally hypoallergenic naturally so fast and easy to grow and really cheap to grow and it uses much less water much less land and doesn't need any fertilizer so it's just overall like a more sustainable crop while also working better than cotton for this product so when we discovered this we were so confused as to why like no one had really dived deeper into this material um and we like to think it's because we're innovative and like are coming up with these great solutions but um that's why we're so happy to like bring this product to the market and a way that's like much more inclusive and because bamboo is so cheap to produce we can use more inclusive pricing which is really important to our like, core values of like creating greater access to these products and mm -hmm. that's a whole big thing is like menstrual equity and like who can actually afford these products and these new like a luxury organic cotton brands are emerging but it's like who's going to spend like $15 on a box yeah. pads like that's something that we like to keep in mind too yeah like I guess that's something I've never thought about because I mean I've seen like there's increased like movements like even I know just on the very like local and like academic scene of like just providing like menstrual products and like why isn't this just like a standard thing or like why are why are like the w women and like some men why are they forced to have to pay for these products when like when like I don't have to like that just seems like such like a ridiculous sort of just thing to be out there so I love that you were sort of thinking like I mean like why like just focus on something that's cheaper and simpler um, I mean, that makes total sense, but also like, I love that you mentioned just like the access to it too, yeah. I think is so, so important. Yeah. That's been something we've been trying to spend a bit more time on too and getting involved with the community and believe it or not, there's this like big period community and they're amazing people and activists in this space. Um, and as a brand, we were at like from the jump, I was on a mission to build a brand that was like to make an impact and like represent menstruators like be the voice of others that was like a requirement no matter what i was building if it was a toothbrush or like a tv like it had to be somewhat impact related and like represent others um and so as we're diving in and have access to products our initial reaction is like okay who can we get involved with so we've collaborated with multiple nonprofits around the Boston area and other parts of the country where we're continuing to like donate product. Um, and during the beginning of, of COVID-19 too, in like March-ish, um, we were like, okay, like this is a big pandemic hitting the US. The people that are really affected by this are menstruators that lack access to products. Like we have period products mm -hmm. and we actually got a donation um, specifically saying like, hey, like we know you're really aware of this space. Like here's some funds to like give product to whoever you know needs them or right them right now, like based on organizations yeah. we've been in touch with. Um and so we did this like little campaign on Instagram because we're like, no one really knows that like menstrual equity is a thing and that people need period products. So we did like every share of this Instagram post is one pad donated. And within like four days, um we had committed to donating 4,000 pads and like met our goal wow. and so we're like okay cool like this might seem small to these massive massive brands or organizations but as a tiny tiny company we were able to make like this pretty decent impact um, which is something we hope to continue to do. I am so in love with Katie's just mission for a social impact and we're going to dive a lot more into that when we're back just give me 30 seconds we'll do more groundbreaking. Being a college student or recent grad right now is full of unknowns. I don't think many of us intended to be living with our parents, but I know I've been meeting way less people than I would have in person. That's why I'm so glad that for my female friends, the Holdat team, who we had on the podcast just a couple weeks ago now, launched Back Pocket, a membership community full of workshops, book clubs, podcast clubs, and one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Applications are now open to join them, and I seriously hope you do, because this is such an incredible resource, especially right now. Just head to holdat.com and click membership to get started. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. So glad you're still with us. We're gonna hear a little bit more from Katie now about her family and the sort of impact that they've had on the work that she's done. We're also gonna dive a little bit more into the social impact and where she wants to go with the brand. And you're gonna hear some incredible advice from Katie herself. You can't afford to miss it. Let's jump back into some more groundbreaking. So I grew up in Tampa, Florida, and I have a massive family. I have um, like 20 some cousins and my family is this big Egyptian family that immigrated to the U.S. I was actually the first one born in the U.S. Um, my brother was born in Egypt as well. And um, yeah, that's been such a big part of my life of the food, the culture, the massive cousins and family. Uh, and some of my uncles were actually entrepreneurs, which I didn't even realize that's what their role was until like I became an entrepreneur. And I'm like, now yeah. I understand what you do. <laughs> So I think seeing that, and then my mom um, is a veterinarian and ran her own practice for many years. And so there's so much like entrepreneurship mindset in that as well. And I would just spend my days like at her vet clinic as a child. And um, I, she was a single mother for most of my life. And so it was like school, like a sports practice, like vet clinic were like my main areas of life. And so I learned a lot about just like what it takes to build small businesses as a child, but um, it all kind of comes full circle now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can imagine the huge influence that that has had and probably has built that confidence in you just to be like, heck yeah, like, let me pursue this. Yeah. I think that support system too has been really incredible. Like having a mass family where so many people are willing to cheer me on is been really important for like my comfort and confidence and growth as a person and I could just text my massive family group chat at any moment and be like I need you all to go like this Instagram picture and it's done there's like a million (laughs) up on the profile and I will probably do that um later because I'm doing Instagram live later and I'm like gonna make sure my family is on there (laughs) they're the very first supporters that's awesome and you gotta hold them accountable for that (laughs) yes exactly I'm curious to know too because I feel like um, menstrual products and period care are very much the sort of just like I don't know similar to like I don't worry this is going somewhere like similar to toothpaste and like the sense of like the brand that you buy is like just always the brand that you've always bought and is the brand that you just know um, like I've probably used the same brand of like toothpaste since I was younger and I would assume like you have that sort of brand loyalty so I can imagine like the barrier to entry in that market I mean despite all the hurdles that you've already talked about that you've jumped through <laughs> over. I mean, how do you build that sort of like loyalty? Cause I mean, obviously you have the sustainable argument like in your favor, but for these people who are now, now need um, the, like the additional like push to become like an advocate for your brand. Like what does that process look like? Yeah. Yeah. That's been really interesting. And when I was studying the space, I did a lot of like focus groups and things like that. Even just my friends in college, like we literally gather them in a dorm room and be like, talk about periods, go and like take notes vigorously. And I, I found that a lot of my friends were still using the same products they used when they got their very first period. Um, and so when we learned that it was really interesting of like our branding and our, our target audience is a bit younger than the other brands out there that, you know, just a very vague age, sometimes older even. Um, And we're like, okay, well, we need to capture our audience at a bit younger of an age because that's what they're going to stick to. Um, But then we found out that also a lot of um, menstruators and young women were switching their purchasing decisions once they got to college. So as soon as you become the person who's just buying your products on your own, no family member was going out and like picking them up for you. um, That's a really big change. So capturing customers at that age um, was big and so knowing where that customer is and like how to reach them is something that we still continue to work on whether it be through our social media um, or building online communities and one thing we did like pre-covid time was go to a lot of like farmers markets and events and like tabling events Um, so we would go to this event called the boston women's market um, quite frequently and I would just get a table and I honestly just like found some, a yellow tablecloth online and like got one of those letter boards and wrote like <laughs> the sustainable periods on it and brought some product with me. And it was very scrappy, like did not have the cutest looking table out there. There's some people that were very legit, um, had my phone and like the square card reader. Um, and <laughs> we would just 
people would walk by us, looked really confused at our table. And we're like, hmm, like, that's kind of odd. Like, why are they just showing menstrual pads? And be like, hey, like, do you want to talk about periods with us? And some people would be like, oh, sure. And then we would just engage in a conversation about periods. And then we're like, also, did you know that one of the regular menstrual pads you use is equivalent for plastic bags? But yeah. ours are biodegradable. Ours don't have plastic. And they look and act better than the ones you have. And they're like so mind blown by this. And just seeing other potential customers being mind blown was a big sign like, hey, there needs to be education in this space. Hmm. I, yeah, no, that's like, that's super intriguing. I mean, I can imagine like, I mean, if like, if I was at like a farmer's market and somebody just said that to me, I think my first, I probably have the same like initial reaction because you're right. Like it is so just like strange to have like an open conversation about that. And there's definitely a movement towards more just, um, just acceptance of the conversation. I mean, I think the conversation we're having now is just evidence of that. Um, and w- when you felt like, you explained like the mission um, to on those very small like levels. Did you feel like people had like your anticipated reaction? Like, did they feel the same way of like, oh, like that is so much smarter? Or were they like a little bit more hesitant? Yeah, we, we got a variety. Some people would like genuinely run away from the table. Um, and then some <laughs> people would be like really fascinated. And um, others were like more aware of bamboo and its benefits. And we were like, whoa, like, that's surprising that they even know that bamboo uses less water and land and all of these things. It's something I had recently discovered in the past like two years. Um, so it was refreshing to see people that were educated and those were people that were like, yes, I need this product. Um, but then of course we have people who are skeptical because our product genuinely like looks like regular products do, which is a plus cause it's not like something like scary or daunting that you have to mm-hmm. get used to. Um, so they were kind of like skeptical and almost didn't believe us. And so half the time be like, okay, well, here's a free one. Like, let me know if you like it. Like, here's my card, email me personally. And I like genuinely want to know your feedback on it. It'll just make us better. Um, so that was like one approach that actually built out a lot of our initial pre-orders and customer base was those like tablings at events and people just being like so fascinated. They're like, okay, I need to order. And like within the first event we went to, we didn't even have our inventory yet. It was like supposed to arrive by then, but had it. And I just brought like our few samples and our like empty boxes and like put them on the table. And in that day we sold like 35 subscriptions in like a couple hours. And I was rather confused as to why people were buying things that they couldn't even like take home with them. But I was like, yeah, we'll send it to you eventually. Like, (laughs) And they were like, okay, and then we'll do that. And that loyalty now is like, that's still some of our most loyal customers that constantly refer other friends to us. Yeah, well, that's the word of mouth. And I mean, I would assume just seeing like you face to face is probably one of the most powerful things that they're like, oh, okay. Like they actually know the person behind the product is that's really powerful. And what I, some of my favorite conversations we've had on the show are about how people have be sort of become a face of their brand, whether they try to or not. Um, like a lot of the brands and who I've talked with before, like I associate with the founder. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, if that's something you feel like has happened and if that's something that you're comfortable with too. Yeah, that's something I'm really interested by because in my head, I'm like still this like, and probably the imposter syndrome that gets to me. Um, yeah. But I'm saying, okay, I'm hand packaging these boxes still in my apartment, like writing handwritten notes to every single person that orders. And I like freak out every time we get an order still. And it's just like, to me, I'm still just this tiny, tiny little business owner trying to make it. And um, occasionally we'll like, I'll be working at our co-working space back when that was open or um, on Instagram and someone be like, oh my God, like, you're so amazing. Like, love what you're doing. I'm like, how do you even know who I am? Like, I'm literally just like this phony in my apartment, like trying to build a company. Um, but uh, that is a thing. It's, I think people have to change their mindset about growing your business. Like you are the face of your brand, whether you like it or not. And so like, you need to represent your brand at all times and all moments. Um, and that's something I'm really happy to do and like love to do. Um, cause we're building a brand that kind of speaks out a bit more than other brands do. And I have some family members that are like, hmm, about that. And it's like, well, it's my brand. You can build yours however you like. Um, 
But of course, at the same time, like as an entrepreneur, I'm obsessed with other entrepreneurs. I'm like constantly listening to other podcasts too about um, founders and their stories and how they got started. And I continue to learn from them in that way. And so, of course, one day I would love to be like a great entrepreneur figure for other people and be like, wow, like look at how they did it. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely a goal. <laughs> yeah, I I think th- I think that's great and. I love that you just sort of embrace that sort of reality too, because I mean, again, I feel like a lot of people are now loyal to your brand because they've met the person who was behind it and they're like, okay, I have this similar like want. And she saw, um, I don't maybe I'll say like a hole in the market, like that sort of thing, like an opportunity. Um, that's opportunity. I like a lot better. Um, you saw a huge opportunity within that sort of market. And I think it's, that speaks volumes, just the way that you were just so open and transparent and been like, Hey, I'm somebody that is not afraid whatsoever to talk about this and like firmly believe that this is like a topic that we should be vocal about. Um, I think that's so, so important. Um, and I want to transition like a little bit because I know you're a marketing major and that's where a lot of your expertise is and everything from like your social media, your website is so well curated. I mean, just like the sort of words, <laughs> the sort of words and such that you've used so far, just like are words that I would associate with like your brand digitally and visually too, um, which is really hard to align on because I'm an insanely indecisive person who just likes to just constantly change things up and try new things. So to see like such a strong brand consistency from you is super cool. Um, I'm wondering how, how all that came to be. Um, Cause I know you said you felt like you got like your really strong loyal base when you were face to face and probably gathering emails and that sort of thing. Um, what sort of device that you used, whether it be like an actual device or not um, that really just sort of built up that user base. Yeah, that's been something that like still to this day, I'm testing out new things and I find these like new email marketing platforms that I get so excited about um, (laughs) and I literally geek out over these tools that like help grow brands. Um, But that to start, I would actually just go to like networking events and I even went to events like women in sales, like super vague, not relating really to what I did on a day to day, but I was like, sure, there's going to be some people that periods there. Like I'm there. Um, and I would just bring cards and be like, Hey, what do you do? And got really comfortable with just approaching strangers. And then of course they'd be like, what do you do back? Cause like, that's polite. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, I'm working on this startup and it's like around period care. Like, what do you think? And I would show them our Instagram. And then they like felt the need to like, follow it because I was like looking at them and over their shoulder and then they're like wait that's actually like really cool and I would hear even more feedback of like initial thoughts but I would just plan my weeks like with the four or five of these at least in a week in the mornings or in the evenings of going to events around Boston where there was going to be lots of women and just start talking to them about what I was doing and that was a big part of it as well as like getting those emails at markets um But after that, now we're, of course, transitioning to this digital world where I'm not running around the city, like talking to people face to face and shaking their hand, which is like almost weird to think about now. Um, And now it's more of like, okay, how do we engage our audience um, through the internet, through our phones and through our computers? And that's not bad because we are like a direct to consumer, like e-commerce brand. So people are spending a bit more time online and we're doing that by just engaging with micro influencers and people that are in our community. And one of my favorite new partnerships is with this menstrual cycle coach, which I didn't know was a thing um, until not that long ago when I met her and she's incredible and like helped us write this new like period coloring journal template we just built. Um, And that person is now like such a promoter and voice for Viv and she's exactly like who we represent as a brand and, has helped us like build new things. So now it's just like building a community online is how we're approaching it. Yeah. Well, and that's something that we're all really looking for right now too, is that like lack of community that we feel. Um, And so again, I think you found a really great opportunity to just bring people together about something that happens so often to so many people. Um, Yet there really isn't like that there's a total lack of community that too which is I mean awesome um 
so as we begin to like slowly start to like wrap up the show, um, I still have a ton of questions for you if that's okay. Yeah. Um, we're gonna start like, I mean, like you are at a point and obviously the pandemic hasn't been a huge thing that we've talked about a lot during the show. Um, just because I think I kind of hope that it's going to be a timely sort of thing. Like in a few years, people can still listen to this and feel like it is relevant. Um, But I think the move to like e-commerce and just the rise of this, um, you are somebody that's been very unique on the show because your business is like inventory based, um, which I think is super, super cool. Um, So if you wouldn't mind just like really, really like quickly, um, just out of my own sort of curiosity, like, the distribution of the product and you work on like a monthly, a monthly, like a subscription based, right? Okay. So, I mean, how does, like, how does that work? I don't know. Like, are you, are you like packing things or like, I yeah. mean, are you, or like, what does your team look like? Or like, let's talk about like where you are right now. Yes. Yeah. So we are still hand packaging things, um, awaiting for the day where we get like too, too big to be able to do that. But for now I love like owning that, relationship with the customers of writing that note and like putting in the stickers and hand packaging it as if like okay like this is going to someone that like cares about this brand um and early on I kind of made the decision to do that because when I was talking to that manufacturer that was luckily willing to work with us um they were like okay well we'll ne- negotiate and send you like 15,000 units it's just still like a lot of product so it was pretty entertaining because I, I lived in the South End at the time and I had this like tiny like walk up apartment, like, v- very tiny apartment. Um, and I loved that place. I still love it so much. Um, but the day of the packages arriving, it was like just me and one of my friends and the UPS truck pulls up and is like, this is going to take a while and pulls out like 25 of these massive boxes and I'm just like sprinting up and down my staircase like throwing them into my apartment as he's bringing them up and I'm like blocking the entire entrance of my building by like doing this and so it's like okay great like this is my inventory so my, it was my apartment my storage unit it was our fulfillment center and our headquarters it was amazing and just a small area and so luckily I had these like very tall ceilings and we just stack boxes all the way up to the ceiling and so like, that's how we do it. We take our, our boxes, we get our boxes we had custom designed and put them in them and um, write our notes and send them out. And it's just me and one other person right now full time. And now we live together, which is very convenient during the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So that's our team right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so um, one, one of the things I love just talking about people who work with like a team and such of like, at what point did you feel like you needed to bring other people on? Um, and like, I don't know, I'm really curious, like, is, was that a decision that was difficult? Because obviously up until that point, like this was like a product and I always use the metaphor of like a child, which is so strange, but, um, like, it's like, it was like your child up until that point. So like, what point you're like willing to hand part of it over? It's, it is true. It's like a child. If I knew what having a child was like, um, but (laughs) it's, it's a really hard decision and it's something that like people I think should be really cautious about and like knowing the person personally too. And if they also care about the mission and what they're building alongside you and if they like to build things, cause being an entrepreneur is not like an easy job. It's not glamorous. It might seem like it from afar, but if someone's willing to like really just get in there get their hands dirty and start building from the ground up, that was like, I was looking for and I I was a solo founder for a very very long time up until actually a few months ago um so Jess brought in one of my like really good friends actually as our my like new business partner um she's like sitting across the room cheering (laughs) (laughs) at this moment but um yeah so now we work together live together spend most hours of the day together and we don't want to kill each other yet which is really impressive that's so I would say it's going well <laughs> huge plus i mean th- that's success if i've ever heard it so <laughs> that's great oh my gosh okay um well i let you know there's like two sort of questions that i like to end the show with um and i always have to say there's always like a million follow-up questions that i have so it's never really two questions um but the first one being I mean, you really have just, the way that you've talked so far has just shown such a resilience 
um, in staying true to your brand and really focusing on building that community, um, which I love because I think a lot of the times like we are so, I don't want to get super like businessy, but like the revenue focused and there's so much of that, but like you are very, very community focused. And I love the trust that you have in knowing that a community will bring that sort of like stability in a business. Um, so I've loved that that's been part of our conversation today. Um, but what I want to do right now is we can manifest together like what down the line, um, it can be like a week from now, it can be a year from now, like five years, 10 years, it can be 50 years from now, whatever sort of like point in your timeline you want. Or I don't know, maybe in, your, maybe in 50 years, you're like taking over the world with a whole nother project. Um, like what can we, what can we manifest for Viv for your V right now? Ooh, I love this. Um, wow. There are so many things that go through my head the day to day of things I want to do and like accomplish with Viv. And overall it's the idea of like revolutionizing this period care space and like bringing better products to menstruators and being really open to the idea that as a really early stage startup, like there's a good chance we could pivot in some way and like, maybe end up having different products or more mm -hmm. products. But one thing we're really committed to is like innovating um, in the space in general. So we've had some talks about prototyping our own products and like having some intellectual property over them and really doing that by like creating something that hasn't been built yet. And for context, the first tampon was invented in like the 1920s, like by a man and someone who didn't have a period. So it feels like there's plenty of room in the space for yeah. <laughs> who does have a period to reinvent the wheel a little bit. Um, so that's something that we like dream of one day. And to start, we really want to build a brand we're proud of and some loyalty. So when we're releasing this like very new technology, we want it to be like something more acceptable because they already know like the Viv name on it. I love that. Yep. That's a, that's a good that's a good one. Like, cause you don't you haven't like put any sort of pressure on it, but it is it's a mentality, and it's a just a, a feeling which I love. Um, and something I didn't I did not know that. Did you say 1920? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I'm like okay, it's been about a hundred years. Like, don't you think we're probably due for like a little bit of a refresh? Like, that's it. there's like there's I mean if you think about like healthcare and just like how we treat and like value our bodies versus a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that seems like something that hasn't really caught up yet. Yeah. So really <laughs> no. Okay. I'm, I'm so glad you actually decided to share that. Cause that's something I, I clearly didn't know, but, um, I am amazed that I know that now. Wow. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> the follow-up question, um, I want to ask is, I mean, we have the listeners for the show are very much, um, I kind of talked about it earlier, like on a very different sort of trajectory and all across all different industries and maybe not even like interested in the entrepreneurial business world, but just wanting to hear people's stories and such. Um, so we have a really wide audience. That's something that I really, really love about this show. So whether you want to be vague in who you're talking to directly, or if you really want to hone in on a specific sort of demographic right now, um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier before we started um, started the show fully of how I feel like a lot of the times like a lot of the resources um, that young people have in their creative um, or entrepreneurial world are, I don't want to say like surface level um, because there are some like really, really useful opportunities out there. But I just find that like when I've watched a show or I've a documentary or listened to a podcast and it's like, I feel like I don't really have like an actionable thing afterwards. Um, I mean, I feel empowered and after today I feel really empowered. Um, and I think the very natural follow-up question I have for you now is people have spent an hour listening to the show of us together um, and say that they have an hour of free time now, like what is something that they can do that is tangible and that they would be able to DM you right after and say, Katie, I did it. I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It's you can sit here and like dream up ideas, but you actually have to do them for them mm -hmm. to be real. And in our heads, a lot of times, especially as young people, we feel like we have to like, wait till we're ready or wait till we have certain skills or like wait till we have the right team and you don't you could start literally right now so when you're done listening to this start by doing something whether that be okay I'm passionate about x y and z dump into that online community I promise you there's a million 
Instagram pages about it, online communities about it, and get involved and start just listening and researching about it. And if you've already done that, then what's holding you back? Build your website, start talking to people. And something that I learned um, a little early on um, in starting Viv is I was really scared to tell people I was starting a company and was afraid to even admit to myself that I was starting a company because I was afraid of being like judged or people being like, you can't do that. That's silly. Um, and I've had the complete opposite response of people just being so genuinely proud of each other and like so proud of me for doing these things and have been really supportive. So if the people around you are not completely supportive of you just diving in to idea, that's something that needs to change. Um, and I encourage you to do the same thing in return when other people tell you about their idea or their work and they're about to start something that they're really passionate about, cheer them on. There's no competition in my mind in this space. It's just other people working and innovating. And that's what this world really needs, especially right now. Um, so after this call, start doing it, whatever that be. If you wanted to start a YouTube channel, like pull out your phone camera. You don't need anything fancy and start filming and editing and put something online. Your first thing, whether it be an invention or product, or whatever, is probably going to be pretty bad looking back. Like you're probably going to be embarrassed of it, but if you're not embarrassed about it, you're doing it wrong. So Yeah. Okay. I I love that. Again, you hit on transparency and just the vulnerability of it all really well. And um, what I want to like just plug right before we go is that I love so much about, because we talked a little bit about Gen Z earlier, like our generation is very, very different, I think, in the way we pursue business because where I feel like, I mean, in like in your industry, there is so much competition, but like at the same time, like wh why, why can't we be supporting each other either? Like that would almost be like the opposite of everything that you've preached with us today to like try to limit other people from trying to innovate and push like the product even further. Exactly. Yes. And I think that also just helps with our overall like well-being and sanity as business owners and creatives. It's like if you constantly think of everyone building around you as a threat or competition, you're just going to be sad all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you as the world like becoming a better place and that's just like such a better outlook on how you're evolving i could not agree more um katie thank you so much for your time today it was such a pleasure getting to like learn more about your story and sort of dive deeper i mean everything that i'd heard up until today was something that really piqued my interest so thank you for taking the time i know you're super busy i will plug all of your socials <laughs> and how people can get involved with viv at the very end and i sincerely hope they do because this is a cause um that really just so many people can unite over and congratulations on building something so cool thank you so much this was so fun thanks for having me of course anytime Special shout out to Katie for joining us today. I loved hearing about her journey and somebody who's really just tackling a project head on and she's doing amazing. I know you enjoyed her story too. You can support Katie and Viv for Your V by following them at Viv for Your V and heading online to vivforyourv.com. Highly encourage you to read more into their mission. It's amazing. If you loved today's episode, you won't want to miss what we have for you next time. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jake Brewer Music. That's all for today, you guys. I will see you next time for some more groundbreaking. groundbreaking.